Grand rising, everyone. Now, come to love, spirit, and coffee. Got my coffee here. Mm -hmm. Yum. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's get started. Um, reading from the Emerald Tablet, Alchemy for Personal Transformation. Um, yesterday was kind of funny. Um, popped up with my friend. She was. I went to go visit her. Um, at her house and then she's like have you read this book and she brings it out and I was like yeah that's what I'm, I'm actually reading that right now it's random copy um but read it for quite some time and of course she's an alchemist um and so uh, a great book I highly recommend that you read it it's really good um as you know there are things that I don't 100% <coughs> agree with on all things but that's just me and that's my opinion as you dive into alchemy, you'll start to understand what works for you, what, does, what doesn't work for you. Sorry. I have this nagging dry cough that I keep getting. I think it's the dust. <laughs> it's like remodeled dust everywhere. So there you go. Okay. So uh, we are on page 113. Um, and kind of just talking now, we're going to go into how to quicken your soul. Um, is the name of the topic. So the alchemist associated secret fire with a process of fermentation. We've been talking about fire and how fire energy works. Uh, they say that this was the hidden fire um, and that there was different levels of fire. Okay. Um, in which new life is brought to dead. Decaying matter. This state of inspiration, living imagination is achieved by removing the earth from the fire of consciousness, by separating the subtle from the gross, gently with our great ingenuity, um, ingenu ingenuity, sorry, I can't speak. Uh, let's see, this unassuming phrase has been translated in more ways than any other part of the tablet. Some very, some versions interpret this as the act of prudently, um, Act. Okay, sorry. Let me just read this again. Some versions interpret interpret this as act prudently with good judgment, um, while others say it means suavely using great skill. However, the original Arabic language word suggests that gently refers to the philosophical or mental task as opposed to a physical skill. Um, well, um, ingenuity is near is meant as the original sense of inspired by genius or infused with spirit. So as we do alchemy, um, and it is infused with spirit, and we do use the fire, fire energy being will, our divine will, um, when we're looking at it from the spiritual sense, and we say, you know, how do we co-create with the divine? And part of this is, it's we have to be careful. Um, it's not something that, you know, I believe with the first statement, um, not suavely, um, using great skill because I think when we do this or the thought process of how we apply our alchemy can have great consequences and outcomes. Something that I've been talking about, something that can be a true detriment to the existence of humanity and how we co-participate with our fellow creatures of the other of the world. That's I mean, we're looking at it right now. Vimbians are going extinct. Um, a lot of that has to do with our inability to have that humility that should be part of the storyline um to look at the world and say that we are co-creating that we have some sort of impact in the way that we actually connect to uh nature and natural law 
So act prudently with good judgment, I think is a better way to do it. When you say act suavely, now here again, we have what I call probably the issue with the duality, with our sense that it's it's black or white. There's this, this inability for us to recognize or realize that we are, that, <laughs> that it's the, it's, duality doesn't exist. We'll just put it that way. It's really the other side of the coin. But one has dire consequences, right? One we can look at and say, oh, this is going to lead towards consequences that are so detrimental. The other one is going to harmonize and synergize. And we have a choice um, and we can play with both. And what ends up happening, well, we can cause disasters. And, you know, the thing is, is when people are doing this, let's say on a smaller scale, and it starts to grow, it can have huge impacts to the storyline, the narrative. If we apply it at bigger scales, then it becomes a cosmic issue. We we undo the balance, right? Because we go to one stream or another. You could just see it like a balance beam, basically. If we looked at the balance, the scales, and we just go to one extreme or the other, it's not that the other extreme doesn't exist. It's that we're so focused on one extreme that the scales are so unbalanced. And that causes something. There's these consequences that come along when we play that game of too much of something else. And this is what we call sin, right? Which is we miss the mark. Now, sin, most people think sin is evil. That's not really what it means. If you go back it, it, in the etymology of the word, you'll see that it says missing the mark. They used to do that when archery, right? When they wouldn't hit the mark, it was sin. Now, so we're looking at that and we're saying, well, how does that word apply to what I'm talking about? And I've talked about this before. Hey, Lerac, is sin itself, right, is just missing the mark. Well, we could see it as the scales as well, where the scales are off balance. And we're going too far in one direction and not the other. And there's consequences to that, right? There's consequences to doing that. So I say act prudently with good judgment, okay, instead of suavely using great skill because to me that is the other side the consequences of doing that really in my opinion again my opinion is that when you act gently with great um engine i don't know why i keep saying this wrong ingenuity ingenuity <laughs> i will say it right eventually um i think that 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 and act prudently with good judgment i think that is more talking towards the magicians right the the people who are trying to heal um consciousness the, the people are trying to heal people the healers of the world when i say when i think of act suavely with great skill to me i think of the sorcerers right the, the manipulation and because of the words that we're using behind it so i say let's act you know prudently and and I say that in terms of let's be humble in our acts of spiritual alchemy. If we remain humble, then we can synergize and the consequences become this beautiful bliss that we get to live in, this nice ebb and flow of bliss, rather than living in this rigid um, fire pit <laughs> that we've created for ourselves. Crazy. But we do. 
And some people don't realize that the consequences eventually will catch up to them as well. They can't hold it forever. You know, we're all going to die. And we're all headed towards that. And so, and by death, what do I mean? Well, I mean transformation. We should all just say we're headed towards transformation. So it really is not completely a death, right? Our particles break down, become part of the consciousness of the earth. Hey, Poetic. Are you wanting to get on today? Are you want to do another day? What do you want to do? I'm down. I'm down for whatever. <laughs> um, let's see. So infused with spirit or infused with spirit, which I like that. We infuse it with spirit, and that's what I do. Everything comes from spirit first, right? That's So we have uh, not be at work. I want to not be at work today. Oh, she's snoozing at the moment. Okay, that's fine. Uh, you don't want to be at work, yeah. Um, well, some people aren't at work. Rock, where are you again? Are you in the United States? I know it's like President's Day for some people. <laughs> you can just be like, yo, it's President's Day, I'm leaving. I'm just kidding. You're in Florida. That's right. That's right. Florida. I can't keep up with everybody. I'm like, where is this person? Oh, yeah, that's right. There. They're there. We talked about Florida before. Um how I want, meaning I can't do it today. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I got it when you said she's snoozing. I got it. Uh, no worries. Okay, so act with with gentle um, and ingu ingenuity. Um, the real, uh, let's see, inspired genius, which I love, or infused with spirit, which I like even better. Um, when we're looking at the domains of life, this is something I do with my coaches when I'm coaching them. We look at the domains of life. We say, what are your domains? let's look at the different aspects and you have like family, right? Because people, well, how do we, how do you do all that you do? And there's a process, right? And it's a mastered process really. And that's just life in general. It's, it's even, that's how alchemy works, right? It's a process that recreates and co-creates and constructs and deconstructs and, and creates new, new things. Hey, Christina. So when we're looking at even like the, the cosmology narrative, we're, we are like in the fourth stellar evolution where stars, you know, have supernovas and they create new materials that create what we are today. It's the same thing. So the domains of life, when we're starting to work with them and I work with my coaches, we say, okay, well, what domains do you want to focus on? What's your priority to begin with? And it helps them to understand. But one thing that people tend to notice as they start to do the work is that Spirit seems to be in every part of it. So spirit could be a, a, a domain. You can make that its own thing. But me and the way that I operate is I say spirit's part of everything. Like that it's part of every, all the domains. So it's not really separate. You know, I let spirit lead. And when you're doing that and you're setting up, let's say your declarations, right? Spirit is the leader of all of that. You're allowing your spirit to, to seep into all aspects of your life. And, and that is where we have imagination and creativity because that's what it is. When we connect to the divine, when we're connecting to that space, it's creative. Imagination and all that is where it comes from. The great void is all about imagination, and that's something that's totally missing from the storyline right now. But... People are, well, scientists 
um, more importantly, are kind of not, I don't want to say freaking out, but freaking out that they don't know how to explain what they're observing. They don't have the language. And so it takes imagination to try to be able to describe it. Um, and so what do they do? Well, they go to Eastern mystics, right? They go to Eastern mystics to try to describe or explain. This is how we explain it. You see, ancient times, we knew this stuff. It's There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing that we say is brand new. It's all stuff that, that the, there's ancient wisdom has been handed down from time. We just, we forget, we get amnesia or a great event happens like, for instance, an explosion or a volcano or a natural disaster, or we do it to ourselves. And then all of that information gets lost. And then we're trying to figure it out, right? No, it's no one still knows. Like there's all these theories about the pyramids. People still don't know. There's not 100% certainty what that pyramid was built. There's theories and people have come up with all these ideas, but no one truly knows. But that information was there. Like, holy Jesus, we are actually pretty darn, I mean, we got to a place where we were pretty, pretty good. And I think we were probably more in harmony. Maybe I could be wrong. I don't know. There was still fights, right? About dominance and stuff like that. But I think the way that we leveraged natural law was probably more in sync than we do today. I think that there was a little bit more honoring of the of the sacred feminine back then than there is today. We are so unbalanced right now, completely unbalanced. Um, and it's because we, we've we done that suavely, what does it say? Suavely using great skill, which to me is like manipulation. Okay. Therefore, in the intended meaning is that the entire of the of the quiet realm of the mind in meditation and seek to conquer with greater mind or source of higher inspiration to quicken the transformation of our being. The alchemist thought of the process as a kind of fermentation, which is a biological reaction in the organic material is spiritualized. To spiritualize in alchemy is to introduce an outside energy or life force to the substance. Spiritualization can take the form of an actual rising, such that caused by the action of yeast in breath, or it can expressed, um, be expressed as the creation of alcoholic spirits, such as the production of wine from the grape juice. Um, so we see that alchemy is an internal, external happening, and they started to apply it, obviously, to the natural world. They said, well, okay. We have all of these ideas now. How do we co-create with with natural law, with nat with nature? Um, and the yeast in bread, which is kind of cool, and I like that maybe analogy for consciousness because I talked about this the other day. There's not levels of consciousness. I'm a higher level. No one's on a higher level. There's an expanded consciousness, not a level of consciousness, but an expansion of consciousness. And we see this, and this is explaining it that way is more in line with what we even see in the universe itself, that it expands. So we can expand our consciousness like yeast rises, right? The bread, that it expands the bread. And that's how we can see consciousness is that it expands as we start to understand. Now, part of our consciousness is the subconscious mind. As we pull things from our subconscious mind, like the traumas and all those things that we didn't want to deal with or suppressed or put in the back of our mind, and that we start to say, ah, 
Let me look at this. And when we start to look at the traumas or look at the hurts or the pains, what we do when we start to resolve those things is not to level up our consciousness, but to expand our consciousness and understanding of the world. There's more room. We create more space for things. And this equates to time. As we expand our consciousness, we expand our time. So time is a big piece of it as well. Well, how does time fit into all of this, right? Because you're like, well, there's time and space, right? From the beginning, they talk about time and space. And they say that time, now here's the big conundrum, right? That they're going, well, what the hell do we do with time? In quantum physics, (laughs) you just can't calculate, right? There's no such thing. But when you go to classic physics, you say, well, we can apply it. Um, so when we, we speak about time, well, we know that we're kind of observing time in some way. Like in somehow we're viewing this thing called time. Our experiences, if you will. But we, we, we equate it to the word time. <clears throat> when, when we see time and space, really what we're doing is we're saying, how do we utilize and leverage time and space right now that we're here in this particular moment in time? That's how we do it. We expand our consciousness. And as we expand our consciousness, we have more time. We're giving more space for time to exist. The timeline gets maybe extended further. Okay. So we open up that space. And really, when I do these workshops on time currency and and talk about how time fits into the equation, when you start to look at it, you're going, oh, wow, I have more time than I thought I did. Right. If we're saying I don't have time, well, okay, then we've got to look at the consciousness and we've got to understand the psyche. Because when we think about the way classical physics works, we can't really change that dialogue. That narrative seems to be pretty. I mean, the sun comes up and the sun goes down. People cannot deny that. There's, you know, it seems to be like it looks like almost like it's a mechanic, like it's clock, but it's not. Okay, but for classical physics, that kind of works. And by classical physics, I mean our material self works. Like our material body will view clock time, will recognize it to be truth. You know, it's almost like we can predict what's going to happen based on. Like we can, pre- like we can predict the sun's going to come up and down. That's been happening forever. The sun rises, the sun goes down, the sun, you know, or disappears. Maybe it doesn't go up and down. Maybe it's just disappears for however long and it comes back forever how long. And we have the moon and all these things that we see. Now, that time is different from the quantum time. Totally different thing. Now, we can equate quantum world to our brain and our psyche, to be honest with you. How do things just pop into your head all of a sudden, right? It's just boom. Or you think of a person and boom, you see them, right? That could be quantum entanglement or a way to describe that. So we can say that there's these ways to describe our spiritual experience using scientific language because now they're like, oh, now we have to account for this thing that we don't understand. We're just going to use spiritual language. But it's kind of cool because it gives us an opportunity to recognize how to co-create with the divine and how to utilize both worlds. So how do we utilize the quantum world and how do we use the classical physics world that we have today? 
meaning how do we talk about these things that we can explain that are mystical and how do we bring them into the materialization of the everyday world that we see well people used to think people like us were crazy right now they're saying oh maybe you're not so crazy maybe all of those civilizations that had all the language before are not so crazy now we have to go to them because we don't even know how to describe this but when we look at the mystics we see that that language describes what we see and we are observing in the quantum realm so science is finally going oh like they're the ones who are going to accept spirit before i think the actual religious people accept science it and then you know i believe that might be the case we need both to understand that both do exist that there is cer certain things that are certain that we can probably calculate with with precise and precision and say yes we know the calculations of the sun and this and that and that but there's things that we can't account for so we have both we have determinism and free will at the same time so it's not different right there's not that duality that we think it's all interconnected and the paradoxes are interconnected even though they seem not to be okay it's kind of going all over the place but that's how it, that's how it works right so they thought of it as a fermentation a biological reaction in which organic materials spiritualize um and spiritualization can take the form of actual rising as we said such as yeast we expand the consciousness we expand it we pull from um the subconscious mind we heal those parts of ourselves that we've suppressed and then we expand our consciousness and you want to know what comes out of that most of the time empathy kindness love when we start to heal ourselves, it's natural for, it, for us to go into that space of empathy, of love, of kindness, of that interconnection to the, to the other person. Just like I was telling Poetic the other day, right? When you did the reading, yeah, I'm going through this stuff. Because people will say, well, I'm not perfect. I'm human. I'm living in this world with everybody else, right? And I have to recognize the parts the pieces of me i'm an alchemist i'm an alchemist i'm a practitioner of the great work not just a speaker and conceptual person i don't just talk about these concepts without applying them to my life i wouldn't even talk about them if i wasn't applying them to my life because you can really screw somebody's life up with this stuff i took the confusion card in a different way no you are were absolutely on point actually when you when you said it I was on a no you weren't on a different aspect that's what i'm saying you were absolutely on point with it because what you were reading into was what i had already processed now it wasn't incorrect and i'll tell you why i process things super quickly i process faster than most people why not because i'm some superhuman great hero it's because i've practiced it <laughs> so much that i can go through these states Okay. <laughs> so I question, I was like, things like this because it's like, nah, nah, she knows this. Yeah, but still think about the unconscious mind. There's still pieces that are unresolved. This, the narratives change completely. So for years, knowing this, not realizing that the connection that, you know, your family programming is deeper than we can even comprehend to be honest with you, because it's historical, right? It goes back when you're dealing with healing historical trauma and you're trying to go back 
people don't realize that historical trauma is our ancestors' decisions, that it's the decisions that were made by their ancestors. And it the, the line goes further and further and further. So it's almost like the onion layers never, you never truly unpeel the onion layer completely. You never get to the center, I don't believe. I mean, until maybe you die and then all of a sudden it's everything flushes in and you're like, oh, there you go. And then you're, you're gone. <laughs> and then you're on to the next phase, right? But there's all these layers. Now, as we pull out of the rabbit hat of our unconscious mind and we start to look at these things, some of them are super uncomfortable. Now, the difference between, you know, and I always say this, the difference between a beginner and a master is not that the master has any kind of trick. It's that they've practiced more. I'm very, very well practiced in a process, the process that works for me. And I teach people how to do their own process. If you master your process, because I can teach my process, right? And I do. I teach my process, but I say, hey, how does this work for you? Where do you need to tweak it so that it works for your life? Because we all have these different storylines. They're kind of similar, but different, right? And so how we process them is different. I can take a situation that is super complex and hard for, for most people to get through. And I can process it in maybe even a week, sometimes a day. And after I'm processing it, and I know it's because why I know thyself, right? This is why we have all these teachers that say, don't, don't know me, know you, know yourself. And when you know yourself, you're able to get through these hardships quicker and faster. And you know what it does? It frees up your time. That's the time issue right there. Yes, and they always resurface too, Poetic. They're, you know how it is. They're always going to come back up. It never goes away. You just learn to process it faster. You learn, And then you learn new things about it, right? You're like, oh. So the confusion, literally, I told you I wrote the paper days before about being confused, and I was. And growing up, they used to call me confused. I wasn't confused, but I was. It's, it was really strange. <laughs> and then I said, I wrote about confusion and I said, I need to understand this for myself. Well, what does it mean to be in a state of confusion? Well, for me, what it means is that if I have this ambivalence, right, and then I don't understand what's going on, it's because I don't trust myself and I'm not able to self-regulate my emotional states of being. And I'm in a state of confusion about the way I feel. And I'm like looking for this, should I feel this way or should I feel that way? Wait, which way should I feel? And then I'm going, wait, I'm confused. And I laugh at myself when I'm in these states, right? Laughter's always healing. <laughs> Even when I get angry, I'll fall into laughter, right? That's like my go-to. That's like my avoidance is the laughter. I'll laugh and I'll be like, I don't know what the hell's going on. And I am not even afraid to admit it. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm confused. You know, but now I'm understanding why I have confusion. Where did that come from? Okay. And we can take it as deep and as so for you, <coughs> for yourself, because let's talk about attachment theory real quick. I'm just going to talk about this real quick. Attachment theory is a theory and it's really how we were nurtured and cared for as babies. And they say, right, it's a theory. Is it 100% correct? No, but it gives us an, a, an opportunity to describe our experience. And I like it because it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense for me. 
And I could talk about it from this perspective and now I could communicate what happened. This ambivalence, this not being able to understand, the state of confusion, this other self, we can take it as far as astrology. I was looking at my star chart yesterday with a friend and, and, you know, we were talking about it and I was talking about confusion and all, and well, yeah, it plays out cosmo cosmology, right? Plays out in it. When we look at, I mean, astrology, when we look at that, we go to astrologers, they give us our charts. It plays out sort of here and the other characters that play out with us sort of have an impact and influence on how that gets played out. So our mothers, our caregivers, well, maybe the confusion came from the caregiver. That's where I was going to get it from. And we look at the narrative of uh, astrology and we can say, oh, yeah, this was kind of going to be her storyline. But who was going to play the character that would confuse her? So we can go into that dialogue, right, to try to understand it. We could say, oh, well, she had, you know, Gemini in the fifth house and, da, 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 and they go into this and that. And they said, well, you know, she had Leo in this house. And that's why when it comes to Leo's, she's experiencing this particular energy. You know, there's this whole thing and it's based on calculations. We can try to describe maybe where we are. Is it correct? No. Is it 100% truth? Not necessarily. But at least it allows us to understand how to dialogue with each other and give ourselves a place and space. Here, we got to communicate. We're, we're storytellers. People are storytellers. That's what we do. We tell stories. <laughs> and it helps us. And it's, it's beautiful. But it gives us the opportunity to experience empathy. So the confusion, right, when I'm reading through this, I'm like, ah, oh, I get why I was confused. Now let me focus on that and let me understand why. Why the confusion? Well, <laughs> the caregiver, right? I go back to the, the caregiver and say, okay, the caregiver, but, you know, I can say, well, it was my mother, this or that. And, and she was so tied up in other things that she couldn't fully be present with me. And because of that, I experienced this mother issue or this caregiver issue that put me in a state of confusion because I didn't know how to regulate my own emotions, right? So then you go, oh, okay, now let's take it deeper because pointing fingers at someone ain't going to get me anywhere. Like, yeah, that's great. Point fingers, no. How do we how do we process it from maybe even a bigger space? And this is where I am. I'm the bigger picture type person. Let's go into astrology. And we read my north node. Yeah, my north node. We went, read my moon, Aquarius. I didn't even realize. I thought it was Capricorn. Anyway, I don't know. It's a mess. I have never done a start a stellar chart. I'm just barely getting into that, believe it or not. And I said, oh, the Aquarian um talks about being confused <laughs> or aloof and i said oh well someone had to play the role to put me in that state so that i can understand that and then i said okay so now we have the characters so i go from maybe blaming somebody to trying to understand it from a bigger perspective and say oh it was already laid out that way that's kind of the narrative i should have lived through okay now what do i do how do i work with that well now i can look at the state of confusion and I can say, how does confusion apply to my life? How do I get to transform this energy inside of me and self-regulate and trust myself, build that trust? Now, I could say this. Yes, ma'am. What's your moon? Oh, yeah. Libra, sun, Capricorn, moon, Libra, rising. 
let's see, probably. Oh, yes, Libra. From when I was a baby. Now let's go into this trust self, which is, right, um, <laughs> the trust for self, which is something poetic. I, you know, I'll just, if you're okay, I'll just kind of say, I heard some of your people like, trust yourself, trust yourself. Well, it's not so easy, right? Sometimes we're like, I don't know, should I trust myself? Am I trusting myself? So, so it's, it's like, oh, I, I don't know if I should say this because I might be wrong. Instead of saying, I'm going to trust what was given to me. Like I'm a healer and I know that this is my medium for healing, right? I'm a reader, you know, I'm a, like me, I'm clairvoyant. It's part of my healing. I'm clairvoyant. I can just feel energy and I can see things and I can feel it and instantly know. If something is not right, I can, I know it instantly. You know, there's that clairvoyance. And I just read about it yesterday in Aquarius Moon. Clairvoyance is part of it. And I was like, that makes totally, that makes total sense. It makes total sense. I'm clairvoyant. You know, so there is these things. And so the trust within ourself, right, clears out the confusion. Now, it's is that so easy? Because people will say this too. Come on, Poe, you know this stuff. <laughs> they tell me that all the time. And it's like, okay, yes, we know it. We know this stuff. But do we apply it to our life? That's the better question. How are you applying it to your life? And I love to ask people that. Because I think I wrote a quote, actually, on my Facebook. You might have seen it. Where I said, yeah, to know something is one thing. But it's to apply it where the wisdom is. That's where the wisdom comes from. When we, it's applied. I could sit here and talk beautiful, eloquent, eloquent, beautiful articulation of words and cosmology and our da 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 da. Who gives a shit? Am I applying it to my life? Con concept is one thing, application of the concept is another. That is where the true transformation happens. That's why, again, this is practical use of esoteric wisdom. How do you use this to your to your life? Great. It's great to know this stuff. Now, what do I do with it? How do I apply it? I will say, be careful. Okay, be careful. And I'm going to tell you one thing that I'm careful with. Like the other day, I did a workshop. Um, and I will offer this workshop to the, the followers if you guys want it. It's a free workshop. I was charging at one time. Wasn't picking up momentum. And I thought, why am I charging for this? Just, just give the workshop. Um, because it's really critical. But it's time currency. Um, you know, and um, we're looking at uh, the workshop, and I just totally lost my train of thought what I was going to say, which is interesting. Okay, it probably wasn't important. <laughs> just move on. <laughs> It'll come back to me eventually. Um, so, more coffee. <laughs> I know. I need more coffee or something. I'm just all over the place today is what it is. That's what it is. I have too much to say, and I'm all over the place, and then I just lost my train of thought. Don't you love that? Time management. Yes, it was time and it'll come back to me, I think, hopefully. <laughs> That's funny. That's why I love applying your knowledge. Yes, okay. I <laughs> like poetic. She's like, look, I'm gonna get you back on track. Thank you. Um, so we see um applied knowledge and the conceptualization of it, and then how do you apply? Oh, that's what it was. Boundaries. Thank you, poetic. You helped me. Okay, so boundaries. And I told these individuals, I said, look. Here's the part of the workshop where I'm going to tell you it gets hard. 
And I wouldn't even apply this part of it because people will just say, hey, set, set boundaries, do this, let's write books. Let me just tell you that I first started working with boundaries recently. I wasn't a boundary person. And you guys probably know that I share a lot on here. So really, how many, I mean, there's boundaries within my podcast right now, right? You guys don't know everything about me. And even in my Facebook, I'm not sharing everything, but I didn't know boundaries. I'll share everything all the time with my family, all that stuff. And didn't know boundaries. Well, um, found out boundaries are important. (laughs) Natalie, you got to have boundaries. Um, And, but guess what? Nobody told me the consequences of boundaries. Like there wasn't like this book that's it was just like set boundaries. This is great and your life will be amazing. Oh, really? Let me apply what these people say because I do. I will apply the concept to my life. If they say that there is an outcome, I will apply it and see what the outcome is. And then I'll be like, oh hell no. They didn't even <laughs> They made it sound so good and it wasn't as good as they said because who wants to talk about the hardships of doing it? They want to talk about the beauty part of it, but never the, the hard part that you go through. You know, and this is incorrect. You need to talk about the shit that you're going to go through when you start to apply things to your life. You've got to be careful and gentle with people. But, you know, people want to make money, so they're going to throw a book out there about boundaries. Everybody's going to read it. And then they don't know the consequences of what that does. They don't talk about the consequences. Well, here's a guideline for it, but what are the consequences of the, of doing this? So in the workshop, I said, look, here's the part where we set boundaries. Now, I'm not even going to tell you to apply it to your life. I would not sit here and say, hey, y'all, you got to set boundaries. I probably said it before <laughs> until I understood completely what the process was and what happens. If you're going to do that, you better be ready to like totally transform your life because people are going to leave and you got to be ready to let go. Like you've got to be a hundred percent ready to let go of your life and recreate it. And that is not an easy thing. You don't just put someone in the middle of all that shit and not have support, right? (laughs) You can someone like me because, of course, I have a process. I have a way of, of re-regulating myself in, and recreating and co-constructing and all this stuff. The, the, I apply my work to it. But if someone doesn't know how to do that and someone doesn't have that support backing them up, it could be a whole mess. You can mess up somebody's life completely and then they don't have the support and that's not good. <laughs> We learn the hard way. It's true. We learn the hard way. But there's these buzzwords about boundaries and nobody's telling us that like, hey, if you're going to do this, like if you're going to set up these boundaries, let's let's make sure that you're in a space to do that. That you're 100% ready to let go of these relationships. Because literally, if you're going to set boundaries but then go back to your relationships, it's not going to work. <laughs> You're just going to get the same results that you've always got. But if you're ready to move forward, if you're ready to move on, if you're ready to change your life, if you're ready to cultivate something different, then it's like, okay, here's kind of what may happen. It may show up differently for you. But once you start to shift your energy, you start to deconstruct your foundation and your life. That has consequences. 
Now, any real alchemist who's working magic and in the light would not just go and throw that on people and say, hey, this is what you need to do. Well, we are all alchemists without knowing it. And some people will give advice to people and people will follow the advice and then they don't realize that they've totally (laughs) deconstructed someone's life, which is why most people don't follow advice. They're giving advice, but they don't apply it to their life. They don't know what it's like. I can say this for certain. Apply boundaries when you're ready and your life will shift. You'll get closer to who you are. You'll find out who you are. You'll get deeper into who you are. You'll have to let go of of people. Can I ask you something? Um, Yeah, absolutely. Please ask. Boundaries. So I got to that point where concept meets application. Okay. That's different. When you apply the wisdom, it changes things. People don't realize that. What do you do when you lose your purpose? Okay, well, let me ask you another question. Was your purpose ever found? Can we lose purpose? Right? Did you ever find it is my question. So if you found it, then can it be lost? Right? So think about it that way. And it may not be purpose. That might not be the right word for you, Lurak. It might not be purpose. So, and my question would be, what is it that you're, do you feel that something has been lost, you know, in your life? And sometimes, right, you will always, always, always come back here. Like raising, raising my kids and losing a relationship. Okay, so you were putting your purpose on other people. Here's the deal. It sounds to me, and I could be wrong just by your language from what I'm reading, is that you are projecting your purpose onto others rather than the internal purpose. So you have to know yourself. Once you know yourself and you go internally, right, you're not, you're not seeking external validation for purpose. Purpose is not an external thing. And that's where people get confused. So I would say maybe you've never found purpose. Maybe that's why it's lost. <laughs> I have been through this journey recently and it's hard, but I'm, I'm freeing. Oh, good, Frankie. Yes, boundaries. Woof. How they change our life, don't they? Okay, I'm listening. Okay, so I would say, you know, we could do this. Um, I have set up like discovery calls with people. Um, and you could set up a discovery call where we can just dig a little further. Um, you know, and um to help get some clarity around it because for me i mean i can see through language just the way people type and then through that clairvoyance i can feel and i have a clairvoyance about where people are in their mindset and i can kind of coach you through it based on what you type um and that's kind of the visual that i'm getting is that you found purpose in a family and that family kind of satiated uh, something inside of you. Okay. 
And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you can see how that's faulty. Because when we place our expectation of purpose on others, it's never 100%. So our purpose is an internal thing. So I think you would be asking yourself, questions. And this is what I do as a coach. I can never provide you the answer. You have the answers. You are powerful. You know the answer. But facilitate questions that can get you there to really truly tap into that. So those bigger questions of what does purpose mean to you? Look at the language that we use. Part of the way I do coaching as well is really looking at language, language and how we use it, right? Okay, that's okay if you're working. Those are questions you ask yourself later. You don't have to do it right now. <laughs> ask these questions and people are like, wait, do you want me to answer that now? <laughs> well, a man's purpose is to provide. Okay, is it? Or is that something that someone told you? Is that your true purpose? I mean, it, may, it might be. I don't know. That sounds like something that you maybe took on as a societal norm, perhaps. <laughs> I would not say that's man's purpose. Like, I, I, my perspective, that's not what I'd say, right? Now, I can say that if we if we took this further to what the word you're <laughs> you're saying is that maybe. If that is true for you, because that sounds like a societal thing. Not all men feel that way. Not all men feel that their, their purpose is to protect and to provide. Okay. Some men, they would say, no, community. I don't know. Is it community? See, that's the thing. I don't know. I can't tell you. My question would be dig deeper. Where did your purpose come from? When you say it, a provide, was that your familial thing? Did your family tell you that? Were those words that they gave you? Or was that something you always inherently felt? I'm here to provide and protect. Now, if that's the case, right? And that's what you've always felt. My family taught me nothing. Okay, so maybe this is something inherently that you felt. Like, I'm, I want to protect and provide. That's my purpose is to protect. When we look at that and you say, yes, that's my purpose. It doesn't always get played out the way that we expect. Okay. So <clears throat> it may not, yes, and that's exactly, there you go, poetic. You're, you're getting to what I'm getting to. Exactly. The same point where just because it says protect and provide, that doesn't mean family and doesn't mean it has to be kids. Protect what specifically? If your mission is to protect, well, then you're naturally going to protect. You can protect the animals. You can protect. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can do that, right? You could provide what? You can provide, like you said, community. You can provide in the community. You can go whatever it is if that's your purpose. So, yeah, and I think Poetic was getting to that same thing. She's saying the same thing. So if that's inherently what you feel then you're what you're doing and usually what people do is they want it to show up a certain way like it's like oh it has to be family no it doesn't don't get attached right that's that's where this flexibility comes from where we attach ourselves to how it has to look well you have to ask yourself if my intention if my purpose if I, the way that i feel is to protect and provide what does that feel like in my body how can that show up in other realms of my life? 
other domains. We don't just work, again, in coaching, when I coach people, I don't just work with one domain. We don't just work with one thing. We work with all domains of life. It's it's all integrated. There's other pieces. Like you said, community came up in, in your talk. Well, what about other things? I don't trust people. Okay, well, okay, so let's go into this. Trust, um, it, that's a whole other thing, right? And again, these deeper things, if you want to set up a discovery call, you can email me and we can go in a little bit deeper. But I will say this, if you don't trust people, you don't trust yourself. You're going to say, what? Well, we can look at it through three mirrors. I can give you three mirrors that you can look at it, right? Number one, trust. I don't trust myself. Okay, well, there you go. Is that funny or is it true? <laughs> I don't know. You got to tell me. There's three mirrors. I like the way that this, this looks with the three mirrors, okay? <laughs> okay, so you have to trust yourself first. Now, there's reasons you don't trust yourself, and maybe it's because your integrity was compromised. Are you compromised your own integrity? In other words, we lose trust in ourselves when we we verbalize that we're going to do something we don't follow through with it, right? That's how we lose trust in ourselves. We've talked about this before, I feel. I think I feel like this is we I either I've been here before or we've talked about this before, the rock. Probably I drink a lot. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's a <coughs> thanks. You know what happens, um, what I've noticed with people that, that drink is that they repeat stories. So that's part of it. Not in a bad way. Not There's no judgment there. But that's typically kind of what happens in the, in the psyche and the consciousness is we kind of get stuck in the past. So it's kind of crazy, okay? And I'm talking as a former alcoholic. I used to be, I used to be an alcoholic. We get stuck in old narratives and old stories. And we repeat them. And we don't know how to move forward to the future. So, um, you know, drinking can cause that, okay, in the psyche and the consciousness. So you might want to kind of look at why those old narr narratives keep resurfacing. Yep, exactly. That's what I've been going through for two years. Okay, so you might want to look at why you're drinking and something that needs to be healed. Maybe you start there. Because you're looking at purpose, but really you don't trust. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. And I could be wrong, but I'm just going to give you analysis of just this tiny little thing. One, your family is gone. I know that you said that. You're drinking. Maybe you don't want to drink. You want to get out of these old narratives. You don't know how. And so you feel like you're out of integrity and you don't trust yourself because you continue to drink. Could be wrong. I don't know. So if that's the case, okay, if that's, if, if I was right or kind of right, I don't know if that was 100% correct. Um, that's kind of what I'm getting just from the dialogue, the little narrative. We build integrity with ourselves. We build trust with ourselves when we follow through on our word. And you're not following through on your word. I'd imagine you don't want to drink. And if that's the case and you continue going for the bottle, well, then you're out of integrity and you don't trust yourself. Okay. So part of it is looking at alcoholism. Like you could that right there, if you can heal that part of yourself, um, you'll be back on track with purpose. 
um, alcohol and toxins in our body really throw us off. And it's not easy. I've been sober for 12 years now, 10 years, something like that. Um, and I was a practitioner of the great work. You can imagine. It was really hard. I struggled with this and I felt out of integrity as well. And I didn't trust myself because how could I, I couldn't speak. I couldn't do this podcast if I was still drinking, basically. This was my purpose, but I couldn't get there because I was putting that hindrance in between it. And, and I, I didn't trust myself. How could I trust myself speaking to people when I myself was out of integrity? Coaching. I can't take on coaching clients unless I'm in t integrity and I trust myself, right? Every time that I'm working with myself, I'm working to trust myself. Let's bring it back to the dialogue that I talked about earlier with myself, that confusion. That confusion doesn't yield trust for myself, right, at all. It's a state of confusion. So I have to trust myself. I have to internally go inside and say, can I trust what I'm about to do? Well, yeah, because my intentions are good. When we're drinking alcohol, we know that sometimes our intentions aren't good. We go, I know what it feels like. This is coming from someone who knows. I used to do crazy shit, okay? I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> I was crazy in my days of alcoholism. And my judgment wasn't 100% good <laughs> at all. Now, it wasn't <laughs> violent, but I wasn't making good decisions. I was driving while I was drinking, just doing dumb things, okay? Things that were I wouldn't have done if I was in my normal state of mind, okay? Okay. See, so you went to alcohol. So, you know, the cool thing about this, The Rock, is that you haven't drank <clears throat> your whole life. So you're using that as, as a scapegoat to face the truth. And so you've got to face it or you can't, right? You're asking about purpose. The reality is you can't, you have to face those things in order to get back on track. You've got, it, it's, it, I hate to say it. No, you do it or don't, it's totally up to you. That is your journey. Again, I'm a life coach. You can reach out to me. We can set up a discovery call if you want. I help people through these things. We can get you to the next stage. It's up to you. Um, it's really hard to, and that's why coaching is important because it's really hard to do a whole thing on a show, right? I can only do so much um, on here. I trust I won't F myself up. I have morals. Okay. It's hard. Absolutely. It's hard. It's not easy. This shit is not easy. People, you think if, if spiritual alchemy and the practical use of esoteric wisdom, okay, just that title, if that was easy, we would have everybody on here. People want, if I said, Hey, I have a secret pill, you guys, this is going to help you experience bliss for the rest of your life. Everybody would be on here. But if I say it's hard, and that it takes work and it's not easy. And the application of a spiritual journey is can feel like hell sometimes. People are like, hell no, I'm going the opposite direction. <laughs> I just want to do the easy thing. And they'll stay on it and it's okay. That's, I mean, there's no right, wrong, good or bad. There's only choices and the choices we make have consequences. How far? How many more years of life? Here's a, here's a, here's a question. How many more years of life are you going to drown yourself in, um, in this? How much, how much more life are you going to miss out on? You're missing out on life and your purpose. 
Can you protect and provide for your family without actually being with them? Can you still do that? Well, you're, you don't know that. You don't know what it might look like. It may not look the same. And that's the reality. And that's what you're saying is hard, is that it may not be your family's back together the way it was. It's not. It's already undone. Those are the harsh realities. It's hard to hear that, right? It's hard to hear that. So what do we do? Well, you've got to get sober in order to do that, right? You've got to get sober and really be with it. Allow yourself to go through it. You don't know what's possible until you're clear, clear of mind, clear of heart. You see, you're, the, the thing that we do as people is we stop and we project what we, we, we don't know. You don't know what's possible. You can't even see the possibility because you're, you're living in a past story. That story is no longer. Or it's hard to face the reality of what truth is in your world right now. And those are hard things to get through. It's really not easy. It's not. I'm with you. I get it. Trust me. I've been through it. <laughs> we all have. <laughs> but when we allow ourselves to go through it and we allow ourselves to heal from it, guess what? There's always something beautiful at the end of it. My father, let me give you an example, okay? Let's give you this one example. Maybe this will help you, Laura. My dad. My father. Um, he was a hard one and he was, um, he was actually an alcoholic and he did other stuff. Right. Okay. So anyway, he was not the nicest person. It was not easy being raised with this man. And I stood by his side. Okay. Right. There's people that are by your side. So focus on those people. Looks like poetic is really understands you, knows you. Um, okay. And focus on those people. Those are the ones you're focusing on the ones that are not there. Focus on the ones that are there. Like, first of all, okay. They're the ones that are going to help you get through it. Number one. Okay. When we started to focus on it, my dad focused on me. I was there for him, right? Help me get through it. Now what happened? He eventually realized he, something snapped in him and he said, I've got to get my shit together. I've just got to get it together. It doesn't matter. I have to do it for me. See, you're still trying to do it for other people. You got to do it for yourself. You can't do it for other people. You got to do it for you. Okay. Now he said, I'm going to get my shit together. And that's taken years. And you know, my dad still, he still drinks every, you know, he's not hundred percent sober, but he doesn't drink as much and that's fine. And he's good. And he does his thing and he does his thing. Okay, cool. So now let's look at that. Okay, he got it together and he knew that things were never going to be the same, but he worked within what he had and now he's doing magnificent. It's taken him years. He's gone through pure hell and now he's in a place where he feels good and confident in his life and he's still a protector and a provider. That's one thing my dad is, right? Like you said, he still provides and guess what? I love my dad. Not that I never didn't love him, but he has changed so much. I'm so proud of him. I'm proud of what he's, how he's overcome and how he's grown. You know, he recognized. It sounds like you're recognizing, but you've got to put action into play. You can't just talk about it. Talking about it ain't going to get you the result. Okay. 
no one can do it for you. You got to do it for you. That's it. Bottom line. And no, no family, no kid, no nothing is going to make you do it. You've got to do it for you. You've got to be, you got to be your own cheerleader right now. Um, you've got to love yourself. Not because somebody else is there, but because you love you because you're there, because you have a place in this world. You see, there's a difference and you can feel it. It's almost like you're looking for validation for others to say, yes, you're a great provider. You know, you, we don't look for validation when we're great providers. When we're living purpose, we're just living purpose. We don't have, we don't need the validation. It just, it flows out like from us. It emerges. When we love somebody, it just emerges from us. They can feel it because it's emerging out of us. You see, you're stopping that emergence of the protector and provider. It can emerge. So there's different ways to think about it, right? Um, it's just looking for different than that. Yeah, so it's hard, okay? But here's the deal. You're not alone. Just remember, we all have some kind of hardship, right? We've all going through shit. Now, the difference between us people who stay in the hardship and they get past it is the outcome, the consequence. You can stay there. Okay. What results are you getting? Obviously not ones you want. Okay, hard stuff. You would have never grown and learned or evolved. You are never alone. Okay. Um, yes, one, you're never alone. But two, yeah, sometimes you have to take this journey by yourself. That's absolutely correct. But you're not alone in that journey because you have other things. If you believe in God, spirit, I don't know what you believe in. Is that you have this thing. And what here's the magnificence and the beauty of the world. And I, I really got to go. This has been a long podcast. But thank you for the engagement. I love when people engage. Is... Okay, you're going to go down this road. This is your road. It's not your family's road. This is your journey. Just like your children, your wife, your ex-wife, whatever, they have to go down their journey. They have to figure out who they are. They're going to do it by themselves, but not by themselves. We all do it. I've done it by myself. That's the part that people don't get through. That's where they stop. You have to spend time with yourself. You have to know you. People are afraid to get to know themselves. You see, you can't live purpose if you don't know yourself. Your question was about purpose to begin with. But you're afraid to even know who you are. You, when you're alone, you're with you. And the divine or whatever you want to call it. Right? And sometimes those dialogues and the things we have to face when we're alone are scary. And that's what you're avoiding. It's that being alone. Yeah, I know who. See, I was. That's that's past. It's a death and a rebirth. You can you can also put it in a death and a rebirth. Okay? Death and rebirth happens. You knew something was off, I'd imagine, and you didn't address it, and you held on longer than possibly needed. And then now a tower event is happening. You can even relate it to tarot. Tarot is another way. 
uh, tarot tells us about these big, great tower events that happen in our life. Okay. So you knew it was there and you just held on and then guess what happens? The universe says, nope, you have another lesson to learn. That is life. It's hard. You're talking about transformation. Now people stop there and then they take on, they inebriate themselves. They take on all these things because they want to avoid it. And that's exactly the opposite of what we should be doing. If, I don't want to say should, but it's the opposite of what should be happening if you want to live purpose. You're doing the opposite. So you're not going to ever get to purpose if you keep avoiding what you need to go through. You see? It's like you're putting a wall there. The purpose is on the other side of that wall. You see? Your living purpose is on the other side. You have to break through that barrier or crawl over it or dig under however you get over the wall. Doesn't matter how. Everybody has a different way of moving through that. Some people do the hard way where they chisel away. Some people are like, look, I can just climb over it. Some people say, I'm going to dig under it. Whatever you do. I'm going to try to walk around it or figure something out. But until you face it, it ain't going to change. And you won't live purpose. I can tell you that right now. Because you're going to be living in old narratives. Your mind is stuck in an old way of seeing the world. you got to let go of that imagination. That imagination isn't serving you, but it's not reality. And that's the distortion we go through. And it's a death and rebirth. Okay? The work is messy and ugly and painful. It is. It's not fun <laughs> sometimes. It is when you allow yourself to go through the process. Now, here's the deal, okay? The more you practice, the easier it becomes. That's the difference between the master and the beginner. Like, hey, Bahram, how are you? Like Poetic did, you when you did your reading, you were on point. But guess what? That reading was even couldn't even catch up to how fast I had already processed the information. You see what I'm saying? Like even the council's like, okay, she's becoming a master at this particular process. Awesome. But guess what? It doesn't stop there. It's not like, okay, you've mastered this process. They're going to say, now here's five more. Go for it. <laughs> So, Lurak, your processing right now is very slow and it's new. And that's okay. That's not a bad thing. You're in a new state of being, a new state of mind. Okay? This is, when they say spiritual warfare, spiritual, all that, really what they're saying is that people don't know how to process um, what we call initiation or a rites of passage. We, we used to culturally do this. And we don't anymore. We don't honor the rites of passage. We don't even have any ceremony around it. You know, it's like what everybody for themselves, blah, 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 that individual mindset where we don't even know. Yes, all is well, Bahram. Okay, so when we transition into these things, when we're going through them, right, they're uncomfortable. And how we go through them is important. So right now what you're doing is your ritual is go to drinking. <clears throat> that, that ritual is not going to get you the result you want, though. It gives you this false sense of connection for a minute, and then it goes away because it's not a real rites of passage. So you're in this state of death and rebirth 
which is really hard to go through. The death and rebirth um, in life is not an easy one. And I'm talking about the death of a um, way of see. It's like the imagination. You're, you're all of a sudden you woke up and you're like, life isn't going to be the way it's been before. And it's not going to. It's the hero's journey. It's not going back. So trying to live in those old narratives of it going back to the way it was is only all it's going to do for you, right? Is it's going to cause a bunch of suffering in your life. Now, that's the result you're getting. So, Lurak, what I would look at is say, what are the results that I want to create and what am I actually creating? If they don't align, you're not in integrity, you're not living purpose, and you don't trust yourself because why? Because you know you're not, you know, you know it's not the where you want to head. Okay? So, forget about trusting people right now. Throw that out the window. Ask yourself daily, how can I trust myself? How can I trust myself not to pick up the bottle? How can I trust myself? Can I trust myself? What does trust mean? What does it mean to truly, fully trust myself and live in integrity? What does it mean if I were to truly be the protector and provider without having to project it on other people, but protect and provide for myself? Right now, here's another way to look at it. You're not protecting or providing for yourself. You're not providing a healthy environment by drinking and you're not protecting yourself from the toxins or from your old narratives. So of course you can't do that. You feel out of integrity. That's what we do as humans. We drop out of integrity and it's okay. That doesn't make you wrong. Hey, Rob. Because it's hard, right? Life is hard. It's not easy. I would never sit here and say it's easy. And those who say it is, it's a damn lie. It's, it's a challenging place that we live in, but it's beautiful when we understand the process of it. And that's the part that they kept out. How do we go through all this stuff? Well, they didn't really tell you that. They told you, shut up, have respect. Everybody's happy. Let's smile. And everybody's miserable and they're not smiling and they're not happy. And why? Because they didn't teach us how to get through the hard times. Okay, there you go. <coughs> Sorry for the coffee. See, you used to be a provider and then you're never worried about yourself. Well, there you go. There's the issue. You've got to understand yourself first. You've got to give yourself. So it's like this. How can I, how could I sit here and give to you guys if I'm not giving to myself? There are days when I won't do the podcast. Why? Because I know I need to give to myself. And I do that. I never used to honor that. But I do now. You see, giving to yourself first. You have to provide for yourself first. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say, Lurak, and this is kind of your homework. I'm going to give you homework. I want you to be with that question. How can I provide and protect myself? What does that look like? What does it look like to be the provider to self and the protector to self? What would I be doing if I was providing? Would I be drinking if I was providing and protecting myself? If I wasn't, and the answer is no, what would I do in place of that? How would I do that for myself? Journal on it. Ponder on that question. Ask yourself daily. When you go to pick up the bottle, ask yourself, am I, being, am I living my purpose of providing and protecting myself? Yeah, I call it homework. The oxygen mastery. <clears throat> yes, it is the oxygen mastery. 
um, that you got to give to yourself. Now, it's easy to say, but to apply different, right? It's always hard. Okay. So hopefully that, that'll help you. Um, hopefully we got through that process. <laughs> give to yourself first. Go through the process first. Understand yourself first. You know, so when you say you're off purpose, you ask that question. What do you do when you're out of purpose, when you're out of integrity, when you're out of, you know what? When I'm out of purpose, I'm out of integrity. That's my, that's my answer for myself. I'm out of integrity. And if I'm out of integrity, it means that I'm not living spirit, mind, and body alignment. And if my spirit, mind, and body aren't aligned, I have no right to say that anything, to be honest. That's how I feel. I'm not saying everybody's that way. But I have no right to say, hey, guys, why don't you guys learn boundaries without me having applied it to my own life? People do this all day and people listen to people all day. I don't listen to people. You know why? Because I've listened to people and then they don't apply it to their life. And I'm like, but wait, how are you going to tell me to do this? And you don't even do it. You don't, even know what, <laughs> you don't even know what the outcome is. Am I your guinea pig or what is going on here? So I'd rather just be my own guinea pig and apply things to my life and then share it and then tell you, hey, guess what? This worked for me. Doesn't mean it's going to work for you, but it's a process. <coughs> And it's an opportunity for you to understand yourself further. You've got to know yourself first. Period. End of story. That's why I was so cocooned in the Bible. Yep. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we always be true to you. Amen. And so when you're true to you, then you live purpose naturally. You don't even have to ask. You just know it. Like, for instance, my podcast, I've been doing it for so long, not because people are like, well, I want to do a podcast. And do they really want to do a podcast? Is that really their calling? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it is. All I know is it was a purpose. It, it arose within me. Now, if I'm out of integrity, there was a big, long time where I took time off and I had to. And it's because I was going through some weird Stuff. I had been so, so committed to it for years, every single day for years. I wouldn't miss a show. And then something happened and I couldn't. I couldn't. My life was in a shambles, right? I was like, I can't right now. I just couldn't think about it. I couldn't do it. And then when everything started to reorganize and I was able to share this experience, right? Because it's the practical use of esoteric wisdom. If I'm not applying this stuff to my life, I can't talk about it. I get on here and talk about how I'm applying it and what's happening or how I've applied it. And so I couldn't. And then once that happens and there's this transition, there's this great awakening and epiphany. And I say, okay, here's what it is. If I apply boundaries to my life, what is the outcome? And then I tell people, look, be careful. If you're going to do this, know that you're going to lose people. Know that, get ready to change your life drastically. Know that things will change and that people that were currently in your life will be gone. You've got to be okay with that. You've got to be okay with being alone. You've got to be okay with being by yourself. You set boundaries and everybody's gone. Now what? I would never put someone in that situation without saying, hey, this is what's going to happen. You better be ready for it. Are you sure? Like, it's got to be a choice. Not just, hey, you guys should just set boundaries because your life will be better. 
oh, guess what? It might not be better. It might be hard <laughs> because the comfort is no longer there. Comfort is easier. So it's not easier to just set boundaries. It's it's harder. <laughs> what are you talking about? Don't say boundaries are easy. They're not. I I would I could I would challenge anybody who said that boundaries are easy and all this. And I'd say no, unless you're a person who is totally ready for transformation and change and knew that they wanted a whole different life and was ready to let go. You got to be ready for those things and prepared for those things before you just start do, changing your life completely. Or you can. Some people will. But you got to know it's a choice and not just follow somebody's alchemy or way of being and then go destruct and take down your whole life without understanding the consequences that come with it. <laughs> oh my God, don't put me on a rant of this. That is a whole other subject, but people do it all day. So be careful about who you follow. Are they talking about the hardships of in each system? Like people want to talk about the good stuff, but what, what did it take to get there? There was all kinds of craziness, right? It wasn't just easy. You didn't just set boundaries and then all of a sudden magically your life was better. No, you know that the conscious, the psyche, our mind plays old narratives, misses people, you know, has attachments to people, all of this stuff that surfaces that we have to get through. Not easy. So, LaRock, you're going through the same shit, except guess what? The band-aid got pulled. Boom, instantaneously. <laughs> it wasn't even like time between it. Yeah, people get are scared of being, they're hooked on social media. Yeah, hooked on the company and others. People find themselves before. They build relationships. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And in social media um, is a big piece of that, Bahram, for sure, even for myself. And I'm having to learn that too, right? Those are things that I'm working through um, is the social media where I'm like, why am I on social media so much? And I'm like, I want to be connected right now. That's the problem. Like you need to put that shit away and be alone. Just be with your thoughts. So social media does that too. And it gives us that false sense <coughs> of connection. Um, and so you're absolutely correct with that. Um, and it, it's really hard. It is really hard. I'm learning to love myself. Uh-huh. And start a thing I've ever had to do. Amen. Loving self is hard. Isn't that crazy? Let's just think about that for just two seconds before I let you guys go, right? <laughs> Why is it so hard to love ourselves? Isn't that crazy? I mean, just when you just think about it, just give that space. We don't even know how to love ourselves. What? What? We don't know how to love ourselves? Like, whoa. That's, I mean, that tells you how disconnected our societies are from, from truth and reality. Like, whoa. Should that be a hard thing? It shouldn't, but it is. That's the reality of it. Why? Because of the program. The program teaches us not to love ourselves. Like, that's what we're saying. That's, that's what we're saying to society when we say you need to learn to love yourself we're society itself has programmed us not to love ourselves if we have to say we have to learn to love ourselves because where's the programming that taught us to love ourselves it's not there you're selfish if you love yourself and you put yourself first that's what we're told it's crazy i think Bahram, i gave you that video I don't know if you watched it, but that video kind of talks about that, right? How that reverse psychology works and how they use the words and all that kind of stuff. And those words 
if we start to really look at it, I mean, really think about what we're saying. I'm learning to love myself. Wow. Why is it that we have to learn? Why didn't they teach us? That means they didn't teach us, right? When we start to really dissect that. Why are we learning? We're having to teach ourselves. Why wasn't it taught? Because it wasn't taught. That's crazy. That's mind-blowing, right? That should blow your mind. Is there something wrong with you? Hell no. That means there's something wrong in the programming. You're perfect. You're whole. You're complete. Oh, yeah, Brandon. No, that podcast, yeah. Uh, Brandon and um, Gingy. Those are, and those are people that I told you that I did the commerce stuff with. Brandon is the guy who taught me and stuff like that. So he's a cool dude. But um, I sent you a video of uh, you, another YouTube video. Uh, I'll resend it to you. I think I sent it to you. I'm pretty sure you did. Anyway, but yeah, isn't that crazy? Like, just ponder that for two seconds. Like, what? We don't see the reverse of that language, right? We don't see what's on the back end of that language. We just say, I'm learning to love myself. And I'm saying, well, why the hell didn't they teach us? <laughs> By they, I mean our parents are, well, is it their fault? I don't know if it's anybody's fault. It's the programming. The programming doesn't teach you that. <clears throat> yeah, they didn't know because they weren't taught. But if we go back historically, it was taught. Um, and so we just live in a time where um, we don't honor that. And so it's okay. Everybody's at that place. All of us are. Right. All of us are saying, how do we reprogram ourselves to love ourselves? <laughs> Holy Jesus. Why do we have to go through this whole new narrative and program to love ourselves? We should just be able to love ourselves. Why not? If people can hate for no reason, I can love for no reason. I like that. Like we can just love ourselves and we don't need to explain why we love ourselves. It is nobody's business. I just love me because I'm me, because I'm awesome. I'm whole, perfect and complete. I don't need to be fixed. I need to be maybe reprogrammed a little bit but not fixed. The dialogue and narratives there, we just got to reintegrate the language and, and apply it. Okay. Reintegrate an application of wisdom, <clears throat> reapplication of knowledge. I'd say. Reapply the knowledge to the life, to your life. Um, not easy though. Not as easy as it sounds. So you are loved and I'm glad that you're learning to love yourself. What does that programming look like? What do you have to let go of, right? In order to love yourself? What is the, what is it, what's the narrative that you have to let go of, right? A lot of it is I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, which is not true. You wouldn't be here. You know how, let, sorry, I'm just going on a rant today, huh? Like an hour and 22 minutes in. Um, but think about all of everything that had to happen so that you could be here. All of you now, right now in this moment, everybody who's on here. Everything that had to happen in order for you to exist in this very space and place and time. The magnificence of being able to hold that. Do you realize how much had to happen in order for you to happen? That is freaking phenomenal. Nothing needs to be fixed. We just need to remember like, holy shit. Like, Literally, your ancestors probably went through pure hell, but they survived and somehow whoever survived through the traumas, the crazy, the this, the that, the wars, the this, and they survived so that you could exist. What? 
Go back in history. It's crazy. Isn't it just phenomenal? Like, oh my God, and we can't even love ourselves? Like they didn't teach us to love us? Like, holy crap, if we just thought about the magnificence of who we are, it's like, wow. We would not use our time hating ourselves. We would use our time loving ourselves. We would use our time loving the world. Not having these dialogues, my life sucks, this and that, the other. No, we'd be like pondering like how magnificent and how awesome we get to see the world and all the beauty. What? Like, so that you can happen. So much had to happen so that you can happen. Crazy. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, right? Like, think about it. It's crazy. So that's another way to look at the narrative. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You're perfect. You're fine. Everything's good. We just have to re-remind ourselves. No one taught you and that's okay. Not by their fault, you know, because we can get mad in the weeds. It's their fault. It's not. They didn't know either. It's an old program that's been running for a very long time. And now we're trying to reprogram that. So go out and love yourself today. Give yourself a big old hug um, and lots of love. And I'm sending you guys lots of love, healing love. Find your tribe and they will help you. Amen. <clears throat> your tribe will. You guys are my tribe. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this and engaging. And, you know, thank you for being there for yourself. That's what I say. Just being there for yourself. Thank you for being there for yourself. For wanting to know yourself a little deeper for wanting to know who you are and your place in the world because it matters. It matters. It does. And when we have healed people walking around in this world, cultivating energy of healing, you know, takes 51%. We can do it, right? We can totally do it, right? We can do it together. And so thank you guys for caring enough about yourself because that's what this is. It's about how do I care about myself? How do I find purpose, like Rock said, in my life? Well, love yourself. Care about yourself. It's okay to be alone. When you're alone, ask yourself why I'm being so damn mean to myself. Why? There's no reason. I ain't got to be mean to myself. I can love myself and be gentle and have compassion and empathy for myself. Why not? <laughs> yes. Hurt people, hurt people, and healed people, healed people. Amen. All right. <laughs> I better go. It's just getting later and later. I'll just be on here all day with you guys if I could. But So have the most magnificent, marvelous, magical, miraculous Monday. Go out and love yourself. Give yourself a hug. Be proud of all your accomplishments. Know that you're doing the best that you can with what you have. And know that your consciousness is expanding and you are healing those parts of yourself that have hurt for so long. And you are a beautiful being. And go and enjoy and look at the sun and the trees and just be in awe that we get to be here in this beautiful planet. Okay? All right. So love you guys. Bye-bye.